you know, we, we, we always say where we're at in the scriptures is where we're at. But I just have a really strong sense, more than normal, that uh, this passage tonight and this morning is really a, a divine word from the Lord. And, and we're here in Joshua 7. But let's remember before that, um, Joshua sent some spies in and didn't really help. It didn't hurt because they ended up meeting Rahab and that whole thing transpired, which was the Lord. He worked in that. But him sending spies in to figure out how to conquer Jericho didn't really work. As a matter of fact, uh, he, was, he went out to try to survey and figure out how he might conquer Jericho. And remember, the soldier was there. And he said, are you for us or against us? He said, no. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. And it was a theophany, a Christophany, appearance of Christ in the Old Testament telling Joshua that he's out of line, that he's making plans rather than following God's plans. And, and the Lord gave him a, a wild and crazy battle plan. You know, you walk around the city in quietness for uh, six days and, and on the seventh day you walk around a total of 13 times and the walls just came tumbling down and they had a great victory because it was God's plan and it was clearly God's hand. And uh, in the very end of verse six, chapter 6, verse 27, it says, The Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the country. So Joshua, following God's plans, there was great victory. All the other countries that were next on the list, <laughs> their hearts melted within them. When they began to under, realize what happened to Jericho, it was by the hand of God, and it's going to happen to them as well. In chapter 7, however, it starts with a but. But, as wonderful as chapter 6 was, as victorious as the story has been with Jericho, but the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against, notice, the children of Israel, not just against Achan, but against all of the congregation, if you would. Remember the accursed things. Just go back to chapter 6 and look at verses 18 and 19. God said that Jericho was, in essence, his tithe, that the first was the Lord's. And that everything in that city was belonging to the Lord. And he gives a list, silver and gold and bronze and iron and and the whole thing. You're not to touch it. You're to leave it lay there. However, not everybody obeyed that. And so we find out that there's sin in the camp. And uh, Achan, (laughs) out of all the tons of gold and silver and garments Achan just took a little bit but it tells us in Galatians 5 9 a little leaven leavens what the whole lump and uh, this is going to be the problem and you know as we before we head into this tonight it was interesting that the verse we covered this morning and in uh, Romans 11, and we sort of camped out on verse 22 a bit, that uh, we need to consider the goodness and the severity of God. And boy, here tonight, 
We're, we're going to see this in action. Uh, we're gonna, we just saw the goodness of God and giving them victory over Jericho and, and such a mighty hand of God. But as they were living in that goodness, they weren't mindful of the severity. And here we see that in verse 2, Joshua, unaware of the sin in the camp, was just going forward. And he sent men from Jericho to Ai. That's the next city on the list, a much smaller city, a much weaker city, but which is besides Beth-Avon in the east side of Beth-El. And he spoke to them saying, go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied it out. And so <clears throat> here again, Joshua hasn't quite got the clue. <laughs> the Lord's making the plans and you follow his plans. But Joshua in some way is still feeling like he needs to make the plans and ask God to bless it. And when you start down that road, you, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And so he goes on in verse 3 to say, They returned to Joshua and said, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up, attack Ai. Ah, do not weary all the people there. For the people of Ai, ah, they're few. You know, this is, this is no big deal. We don't, we don't really need the hand of God. Matter of fact, we don't need every, everybody's human hands. Just send up a few thousand guys, and this is an easy win. So... Joshua heeded their plan. And about 3,000 men went up from there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And here's a horrible verse, verse 5. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from the gate as far as Shebrim and struck them down at the descent. And there before the hearts of the people melted and became like water. So rather than the enemy's hearts becoming uh, melting, their hearts were melting. And so here it was, the first men to die in battle of the children of Israel, 36 dads, husbands, grandpas, brothers, dead, a heavy thing. And notice in verse 6, when Joshua heard this, he, he tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord, even until evening. We, we see here that Joshua just sort of had a, a breakdown. Interesting, in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 18, it says, Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. And boy, that's exactly what we see here with the story of Achan. And so Joshua's besides himself. He's just having a breakdown here, as we're going to see. And he doesn't know what to do. He just tears his clothes and, 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 and grief. And he's just before the Lord, just laying there, sort of completely distraught. He and then all the elders sort of joined him. And they put dust on their heads, another sign of mourning. And then listen to Joshua's breakdown here in verse 7. Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Whoa. That sounds like the last generation who died in the wilderness. Remember when all those people were saying those kind of things? Joshua and Caleb didn't. They stood firm. They said, the Lord's with us and, and God's going to give us victory. And, and here we see Joshua just sort of regurgitating all this gross, 
unbelief and doubt that he had heard in the generation, the last 40 years that had died in the wilderness. And he goes on in verse 8 to say, Oh Lord, what shall I say when the Israel turns its back before its enemies? Now what am I going to tell everybody now? They're all distraught and now the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surrender and surrender us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Boy, we never would have thought Joshua would have came to this low of a depth, would you? I mean, he is really low. And, and he, you know, had the momentum going his way. All these Canaanites, their hearts were melting within him. The victory was there before they even got there. They believed they had already lost the battle and, and that was in their favor. The momentum was in their favor. And, and now this little city, only sent 3,000 guys up, they defeated the great army of Israel. And they're chasing after him. These guys are running for their life. Ah, you know, I'm watching guys die. And Joshua is distraught as they bring these dead bodies in and lay them before him, guys he knows well. And he's saying, you know, we should have just stayed on the other side of Jordan. We should have never crossed over. And and now what are our enemies going to do? They're going to really have courage. And they're going to come after us with that courage. And they're going to kill us. And they're going to win. And we're all going to die. And then what are you going to do, God? (laughs) Wow. You know, it's sort of a note. No matter how great of a spiritual person you are, uh, if you're walking in the energies of your flesh you can go very, very low. In verse 10, the Lord said to Joshua, get up. You know, we don't know the emphatic. You know, he might have said, get up. But, you know, I think he's a little frustrated here. Get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? So God's not honoring this, is, is my, you know, with my inflections and my voice. It's sort of like God saying, I'm tired of listening to your doubt. I'm tired of listening to your pity. And then something that Joshua was not in tune to at all. And he says, Israel has sinned. And they have transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have, e- they have taken some of the accursed things. And uh, have both stolen and deceived. And have also put it amongst their own stuff. And I'm sure at this point Joshua's eyes got big. Bing, bing, bing. What? You know? No wonder we didn't have victory. You know, we're, we're not in a right place with God. But he was totally out of tune with this. And in verse 12, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, God says, but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore. <laughs> Boy, we go back to the end of chapter 6. The Lord was with Joshua. His fame spread throughout all the country. The goodness of God. And now we're here in verse 12 of chapter 7, looking at the severity of God. Neither will I be with you anymore. Boy, that happened quick. Unless you destroy the accursed from among you. In Isaiah 59... It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is here heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Also in 1 Corinthians 5, 
When a man had taken his father's wife to be his wife, the church accepted this sin. In 1 Corinthians 5, 6, it says, your, glor- your glory is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. So here God is saying, you're leavened. <laughs> a little leaven's leavened the whole lump. One man's sin has caused the whole congregation to be cursed. And so he commands him again in verse 13, get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow because thus the Lord of God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. So as Joshua is commanding this to the people, and Achan's there in the congregation. <laughs> I wonder what's going on. I wonder if he was just sort of pierced to the heart at that moment going, all 36 of those guys died. We lost the battle because of that stuff I've got hidden back in my tent. I wonder if Achan even slept that night. You know, as I hear this verse right here, I hear the Lord giving Achan an opportunity to come forward. To be able to come and say, we don't need to wait till tomorrow. (laughs) I can't sleep tonight. Right now, I've got a bunch of stuff I need to get rid of back at my tent. I wonder what would have happened. But Achan here had this opportunity that the Lord plainly said, I'm going to reveal tomorrow who's taken these accursed things and uh, sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart, become clean. And in verse 14, In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to the families, and the families which the Lord takes shall come by household, and the household which the Lord takes will come man by man. Then it shall be that he who is taken from the cursed things shall be burned with fire. Here's a little motivation. If you haven't thought about coming forward and repenting, um, You might want to think really strongly about it. And not only the person, but he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken and brought the clan of Judah. And he took the family of the Zerahites, and he brought the family of the Zerahites man by man, and the Zebdi was taken. And then he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Rabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. You know, what, what's Achan thinking about here? You know, he heard tomorrow the Lord's going to reveal who, who's taken the accursed stuff. He knows it's him. But I really think he's not a man of faith. I, I think he's thinking, you know, this, this is a, a ploy of Joshua trying to smoke me out. <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I don't think God's powerful enough. I, I don't think the Lord's really with Joshua like that, that God's going to speak to him and, and going to reveal it's me. And, and we see him there. Everybody's walking by and he's walking by as he's innocent. Then it goes down to his tribe and down to his family and down to his family's family. And finally, it's down to him. And, you know, we, we, need, to, we need to just sort of stop tonight and, and, and realize that God sees all and God knows all. 
And if you're living in such a way that you think that you're not going to reap what you sow, or God is going to be mocked, (laughs) that he's going to allow sin to stay in your camp, and that sin in your camp is not going to affect your family and the congregation, then, then you're just walking in unbelief. I mean, we see here and we see in the New Testament that the on-fireness, the purity, the, the fruit of the Spirit in somebody's life can affect the whole congregation and everybody's blessed because of one man's faith. That little boy with his loaves and his fishes and all the thousands of people were fed. Or, you know, the often the leper or the blind man would be healed and, and emboldened everybody else's faith to be healed. And on the flip side of the coin, you know, I, I think in the New Testament there in Acts chapter 5 when everybody was giving all that they had to the apostles to take care of the immediate needs of this new church and Ananias and Sapphira, they sold everything and they pretended they gave everything when they didn't. And there the Peter comes in and asks Ananias, is this everything? You know you can keep it all. You don't have to give any of it. Oh, no, no, no. I gave everything. I have nothing left. He said, why are you lying to God? Why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? And Ananias dropped dead. Sort of a serious judgment to God to sort of set the tone, if you would, of the purity he wants in the church. And then his wife Sapphira comes in and says, you know, your husband said this and that. Is that true? Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. Boom, she fell dead. And it says, all the church feared the Lord and the apostles. And nobody, <clears throat> nobody wanted to get that close to them. <laughs> you know, I'd love to hear Peter preach, but I don't want to go to lunch. Um, but there, there's just sort of this heavy hand of, of realizing that before this contamination spreads to the church, before this lie, this deception, this sin begins to become gangrenous to the body, boom, I'm going to cut it off. And here we see that had Joshua come before the Lord saying, okay, you gave me plans on Jericho, never would have figured that one out on my own. (laughs) So I'm assuming you got plans for AI that I would never figure out on my own. So Lord, what is it? And God says, you know what? We can't even talk about AI right now. There's a whole nother issue. I'm sure that just like Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5, it would have been cut off and there never would have been a battle lost. There never would have been those 36 men that died. But here it comes down. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, there is no creature hidden from his sight, even all his creatures here tonight in Chula Vista. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And we all must give an account. In Luke chapter 8, verse 17. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed. You know, the Lord has spoke these kind of things over to us over and over again. To, to, to say that you're, you're a fool if you think you're going to get away with it. You're, you're being naive and unbelieving. If you think you can have something buried under your tent, nobody else knows and God can never even find it there. And, you know, it's, it's foolishness. And you've got to understand that 
that sin is not just affecting you. It's affecting the whole congregation. Just like when you're on fire for the Lord and passionate for God, your faith and your prayers and your worship and the insights God's given you from the word blesses everyone. Well, on the flip side of the coin, our lack of fire, our lack of passion, our lack of prayer, our lack of adding diligence to our faith also affects the body. And then, of course, sin. Absolutely. Well, in verse 19, Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him. And tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. You know, you you see here how strong this is. Achan's like going, what? Huh? I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, you know, you got the wrong guy. Let's do this whole tribe thing again. You you know, we do it again. It's going to fall on somebody else. He's like going, oh, come on, Joshua, not me. I mean, I can't believe you're even considering this. Oy vey. You know, I, I don't know. And Joshua is like looking at him going, come on, come on. Let's, let's not play this rate any longer. I mean, we've been here all day long, all these women and children and <clears throat> all the tribes, you know, we're talking a couple million people or more here walking by it in parade fashion and, and the Lord, you know, I mean, this has been a big whoop de doo to finally come down to this one guy. And he's saying, look, you, you've, you've put the whole nation out more than one day here to finally come down to you. Let's, let's stop this. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I've done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, number one, I coveted them. Number two, I took them. And number three, there I hid them in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. You know, I, I can feel for Achan. I mean, I, I, I know what it's like to be drawn after something. You know, it, it's amazing how foolish this is. Because he, he, he takes his Babylonian garment that he can never wear. He can never show off. He can never say, hey, look at this new garment. Wow, where'd you get that? Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a piece of cloth that, you know, it's a lump under his pillow. That's it. You know, he's got a backache from this Babylonian garment. That's as much joy he's ever going to get out of this thing. But, you know, silver and this wedge of gold. I mean, come on. I mean, that's like, wow. That shiny chunk of gold there sticking out of the earth and you're walking by and you're like, ah, big bag of silver dumped out there and this chunk of gold and you're just going, oh man, I just can't pass that up. But that was God's tithe. That was the Lord's, the first of the Lord's. It wasn't to be touched. As far as they were concerned, it was accursed unto them. But he said it was a process. I coveted And then I acted on that covetousness. And then I tried to hide that covetousness. In James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived... It gives birth to sin, and as sin, when it's full grown, 
brings forth death. Verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. You know, that's why it's so important that we take every thought into captivity and we see things the way God sees things. See, everybody else saw that gold. Do you think Achan is the only one that walked by that bar of gold? Do you think Achan's the only one that saw that pile of silver spread out? Or, you know, their eye got caught by that Babylonian garment? But you see, God said, those are accursed things. So when you see the gold and the bronze and the iron and all these treasures of Jericho, you're to see something accursed. That's to be the the thoughts of your mind. Satan comes in and exalts itself against the knowledge of God and says, oh no, that's shiny and that's pretty and that's wealth to you and that's not covetous, that's not a curse, that's precious and wonderful. And how at that moment when he looked on that, he needed to see it through eyes God, God's eyes and hate what God hates to the degree he hates it and love what God loves to the degree he loves it and not allow his covetous heart, which is the same as our covetous heart, right? There's no sin that's not a, possible for every single one of us. Achan's not in some special sinner category. He's just like you and me. But it's interesting that you have a lot of other people that were there in Jericho and didn't fall into that temptation. Let's not be deceived. If we're not casting down vain imaginations, if we're not hiding God's word in our heart, then we're going to sin against him. If we're not praying in the Holy Spirit, building up our most precious faith, we're also, just like Achan, going to give in to that covetousness. And in verse 22, Joshua sent messengers. They ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent, with the silver under it. Notice these guys, they can't wait to get this accursed stuff out. They didn't go, ooh, I can't wait to see that wonderful Babylonian garment. Gold, what's your gold? Ooh, this is going to be fun. They're running to this thing, wanting to get this trash. Wanting to get this accursed, disease-ridden stuff from Jericho as quickly as they can. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, and notice what else? All that Achan had. His sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent. Boy, did God bless this guy or what? It wasn't like this guy was on the edge of poverty and it was out of poverty that he took this. Look at all this wealth he has and all that he had, the list could go on. And he brought them to the valley of Achor and Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And then they raised over him a heap of stones still there is to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. And when you read these verses, it's to be shocking. I don't think that the original readers were not shocked. I think they were. A hundred years later, I think they were shocked. A thousand years later, here we are today. We're saying, man, his sons and daughters His wife was stoned right with him. They were all burned with fire. All his donkeys and his, all his animals are there getting stoned and burned with fire. And there's this 
big pile of carnage. Achan next to his donkey, you know, next to an oxen, next to his son. This big giant pile of flesh. And then they set the whole thing on fire. It's to be shocking. Because we need to realize how damaging sin is. Ah, it's just a little bar of gold. It's just a little bit of garments. You know what? It was the Lord's. And the bottom line is it was sin, a direct disobedience to what God had commanded, whatever it was. And they all knew it. And he knew he was sinning in the act of it. And here, look at the destruction. 36 families without a dad. 36 wives without a husband. And here's Achan and his whole family. What about his brothers and sisters and cousins and parents? All of these people having to to watch Achan, this precious man with their grandkids and their nephews and nieces all being put to death. And we're all to stop for a moment and say, understand the wages of sin is death. Whether we see it in such a picturesque way in our lifetime or not, this ultimately is what's going to happen to everybody who sins. The Bible says non-believers, they will be burned in a lake of fire. For us as believers, it says we're going to lose great reward. In, In 1 Corinthians 3, it says some people will lose all their reward. And end up with just simply the the foundation of salvation, Jesus Christ, and have no reward. And Jesus said, in heaven, you're going to want great reward. And so whether, in in 1 Corinthians 3, it says to all of us as believers that God is going to set a fire to our house. And that which is hay, wood, and stubble will be burned up. And whatever's left over will be our reward. All of us are going to have our our works put to the, the fire. And what's going to be at the left at the end of that fire? And we need to underline here, if you, if you didn't get it, there in verse 26, the Lord turned from what? The fierceness of his anger. God hates sin. The Bible says if it wasn't for the mercies of God, we would all be consumed. It's simply by God's mercies that he's not showing the fierceness of his anger towards our sin. But we need to get it. Even though I may not sense it, like Achan didn't sense it. Man, something's not right. Joshua didn't sense it. Hey, I I don't feel the favor of God like we did when we were going into Jericho. You know, I feel like there's, you know, he didn't sense it. Achan didn't sense it. He had gotten over it. Yeah, I blew it, I sinned, and, you know, it's piled over there. Live and let live, life goes on. Next battle, next city, let's move forward. And, And God is stopping to say, understand my heart on this matter. Understand how I view sin. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, after this sin issue is taken care of, look in chapter 8. We're not going to cover it all tonight. But now, the Lord said to Joshua. So why was Joshua sinning in spies and trying to figure out a plan? Hmm, well, God didn't speak to me. I waited on him in prayer. Us leaders got together and we said, what's the plan for AI? We heard nothing, so we just assumed God was saying, make the best plan you can and go forward. When in essence, God was wanting them to stay still and hear of his fierce anger against the sin of Achan. 
I love that story with King David, how he wasn't presumptuous like Joshua was. The Philistines came out against him after he became king and, and he waited on the Lord and, and the Lord said, just go forward into the valley and fight against him. And he went and he had a victory and the Philistines regathered and it says, they came back in the same valley as before. And David didn't presumptuously say, you know, that's the same plan. I'm just going to go for it as before. It says, David waited on the Lord again. And God said, do not go up as before. This time, I want you to go around back behind these trees. And when the tops of the trees begin to move, that's my spirit. Go forward into battle. So even though everything was identical, God had two separate plans. And David waited to hear on it. And here again, Joshua now is hearing from the Lord. And what does the Lord say to Joshua? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. (laughs) You know, this whole thing was a major psychological setback for Joshua. Remember chapter one? God said three times, (laughs) you know, be strong, be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I'm with you. And Joshua, you know, he does the best he can. And boy, after Jericho, the Lord's with Joshua. He fills it, the triumph of Joshua throughout the land. Man, let's go. And he's feeling good. Let's go up to AI. Ah, we lose. And he just shrinks. He just shrivels back to nothing. He was experiencing the goodness, but he wasn't mindful of the severity. And God says, even though now you've seen my goodness and you've seen my severity, I don't want you to see the severity of God and get all paranoid and fall apart. See the severity of God, but also remember the goodness of God. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Here's the plan. Take all the people of war with you. Arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And as we go on in chapter, he gives Joshua another very unique plan that I don't think that Joshua could have came up with. You know, we're, we're always in a bad spot if we make our plan and ask God to bless it. We really do need to wait on the Lord and to, and to hear his plan. And, you know, that really the message here tonight that I really think the Lord has is a two-sided one. To, to realize that when we are obedient to God, we're denying ourselves, taking up the cross and following him. We're giving our bodies as a living sacrifice. We're washing one another's feet. We're, we're preferring one another in love. We're, we're praying and we're worshiping and we're serving God with all our might, loving him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Don't, don't sit there and say, I'm just one guy that nobody will even notice if I'm not around. You know what? You are so wrong. You're a hand, you're a foot, you're an ear. We all together make up the body of Christ. And when one hand doesn't show up, you know, that's, that's a freakish looking thing, you know. If somebody doesn't have an ear, you notice. Okay, and, and, and to realize that you affect the whole congregation. In the same way, the sin of omission. The, the, the sin of saying, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm singing or I'm worshiping or I'm 
praying or I'm seeking the Lord or I'm serving the body. It doesn't matter. This is a huge congregation of thousands of people and what's it gonna matter? One person's missing. Nobody's gonna notice. Have you ever put a thousand piece puzzle together and there's one piece gone? Oh, is that just like the worst feeling in the world? And, and you leave it sitting out on the table for a couple of days, hoping it'll get vacuumed up or somebody will step on it and it'll glue to the bottom of their foot. Hey, what's it, you know? You know, you're just hoping. It's, it's a really bad feeling. In the same way, we've got to understand that every one of us are an integral part of a piece of God's puzzle. Amen? And we affect one another. And boy, you affect your family, positively or negatively. You affect the body of Christ. And you know the wonderful thing that, about the Lord is we just come. We don't have to explain the past. We don't have to, you know, go stand in some line to get put on some probationary period. You know, we're the prodigal son. If you just show up, the father's running at us, you know, putting the robe on us, the ring on our finger, the sandals on our feet, and he's, you know, having a feast. Because uh, that's all that God wants. It's just, just in a moment, turn, confess, bring glory to God, and just say, here, this is the truth about me. It's all revealed. I know you know God. Forgive me for thinking that some, somehow, you know, hiding in the bottom of a tent, it was gonna escape your notice. How foolish of me. Here I am before you, God. All naked and exposed before you. Nothing's hidden from your sight. All things I must give an account. And I just want to come right now with that, that heart of just saying, Lord, here I am. Nothing hidden any longer. Well, Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. And we know there's many of us tonight, Lord, that are sort of in our AI situation, have experienced some defeat. Boy, our whole nation is there right now. The economy is there right now. We're, we're seeing the suffering of our children and, and of our loved ones and of our neighbors and our fellow brethren because uh, our nation right now is getting a spanking because of our wickedness. And it's no big deal anymore to have a gay pride parade. There's no big deal anymore. Somebody's getting an abortion. There's no big deal anymore of the, of the wicked things. It's hard to imagine <laughs> that it would ever get to a ballot to vote whether marijuana should be legalized or not. It's, it's sort of gone to the ridiculous. But here we are, a nation that used to be so under God. God bless America, praying in the schools, praying in the Congress, praying at graduations, people that were in our country submitted to the principles of Christ as much as they were submitted to the principles of our government. And here we are today, so backward, so far away. And we know until the sin has been taken care of, you're not speaking to us. You're not gonna reverse the curse. And we here now, we're the Joshua, your people who are called by your name. You've called us to humble ourselves for our families, for our congregation here, for our city, to turn from our wicked ways. We may not have sin like Achan, but we're not on fire as we should be.
We're not adding to our faith a diligence like we once did. We're not denying ourselves daily and taking up that cross. We're not daily seeking you in the word and prayer like we once did. And, and here we are now, Lord, apathetic and, and, and trying to rekindle that flame that once burned so brightly. And Lord, we just come and just know that all we have to do to bring glory to you tonight is just confess. And just to say, here we are. And as we confess, you are so faithful and righteous to scoop us up in your arms like the father of the prodigal son. Forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, even things we're not aware of that we've offended you in. Just want to, you, you so want to continually to make your bride without spot, without blemish, in that white, white wedding dress for the day of your wedding. We thank you that you love us so much that you continually are at work cleansing and washing us. And we come tonight and we just tonight come before you. Here we are, tribe by tribe, family by family. We're not gonna be foolish and wait until we get singled out. We're coming now. And we're saying, here am I, Lord. Speak to me. What, what is that chunk of gold? <laughs> what is those pieces of silver? Where is that? What's that Babylonian garment, Lord, that I've coveted or taken? Or what is that imagination of my heart that I'm in right now that's keeping me from hearing your next plan? Lord, I come and I just lay my life before you. Mm, we thank you tonight, Lord.